0: It is good to see you, good to be with you. Man, the Lord is in this place today. Amen. And He's here all the time. He shows up every time. He's here before we get here. Amen. Amen. We are just uh, just so excited about the presence of the Lord. We're excited about the Word of God. And uh, just good to see all of you here today. As we continue in a series <clears throat> entitled Change, that's what our present series is and I felt like the Lord put this in my spirit uh, a little while back and um, I sound really interesting right now and, uh, <clears throat> and I just feel like God is working some changes. God is changing things. Things are changing and I don't know if you're like me. I'm, I'm uh, 57 years old and I don't necessarily gravitate toward change. Um, if things changed about my morning routine with coffee, that would really disturb me. That would upset me. That would not be a good thing for me. Uh, but, you know, then there are other things I kind of like change in. And then I like for other people to change. I'm okay with them changing. Not necessarily that I need to change all the time. Uh, but we're in this thing on change because I think change is happening. God is working some changes. And God doesn't need to change. He's perfect as he is. He said, I'm the Lord. I do not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he will be the same forever and ever. So the Lord himself doesn't change. But we need to change. Things need to change in us. A change needs to happen in order for us to have life and that more abundantly. And then once you come into that change, lo and behold, you discover there are more changes that are needed because there are things in our heart. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about a change of heart. Last week, we dealt with the idea in in general that it's time to change and how to step into that change. And one of the things that the Lord brought to my spirit this last week was that he wants to start with the heart. That's the place he starts with. And so I've entitled this message, A Change of Heart. And a scripture is going to come on the screen. You can open to it in Ezekiel chapter 36. But I want to read two verses of scripture that will get us going here today. And this is the word of the Lord through the prophet Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. And give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. And cause you. Everybody say cause you. He said I'm going to put my. I'm going to take out that old stony heart. I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. By putting my spirit in you. And my spirit in you will, he says, cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. And so that's the word of the Lord today. And so let's just pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. We welcome you. We feel like, God, you have already orchestrated by speaking to us and encouraging us and exhorting us. And we pray, God, that you would just dot the I and cross the T and put a period on this day and your word and your will and what you're doing in each one of our lives. Lord, I just pray for grace to be able to share your word today and for all of us to receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 Now, many of you are aware... And I hope that this isn't redundant for you because you've heard the story. Many of you went through the, the episode with me, but this may be uh, something you've never heard. But about 10 years ago, uh, I had a life-transforming experience that had to do with my heart. And as far as I knew then, my heart was just fine. And And I do remember at the time, however, around a few days before... This episode happened in my life. I do remember feeling some unusual sensation in my chest, which at the time I mistook for heartburn. And um, but then one night, one early, one morning, about 10 years ago, I was suddenly awakened to learn. I didn't know it at the time, but I learned within a few hours of, of this event going on in my chest that I was in a full on heart attack. And uh, and I was up at uh, St. James, and they were trying to figure things out. <clears throat> and then they finally, life flighted me over to Missoula. And, and uh, I, I didn't know it at the time. <clears throat> I didn't realize it, but I had heart problems. I just didn't know it. Uh, to me, my heart worked just fine. Everything was going just fine. But I soon discovered, unbeknownst to me, that over the course of time... <clears throat> there were some, uh, some blockages that were de- developed in the arteries around my heart that were robbing it of its life-giving flow. And I was sitting <clears throat> in the hospital, having been life-flighted over there, and the doctor was explaining to me the condition of my heart, the surgeon, and he uh, was you know, telling me what was going to happen and how he was going to take care of it. And I probably had panic and fear all over my face, I'm guessing. And I I think I asked him, if I'm not mistaken, I think I asked him, am I going to make it? And he said, don't worry, Tim, I do this every day. And uh, he, uh, he fixed my heart, by the grace of God. I'm here now, 10 years later, standing in front of you. And he fixed my heart. Well, add to that, that happened 10 years ago, on Friday, Friday morning... Julie and I are getting ready for work. She goes to her job. I come here to the church, and we're in and out of the bathroom and the bedroom, and we're just kind of working around. And every morning, Julie plays this set list of worship songs. I mean every single morning. <laughs> and it's the same set list of songs. She adds new ones here and there. And the, on Friday morning, I heard a song come on, uh, come on the set list, and this, the, and it was a song by Cody Carnes entitled, I run to the Father. I was choking to get it out. Thank you, Julie. Anyway, I, was, uh, I heard that song come on, and as I was standing there, uh, I heard the words of the song that said, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. And I said to Julie, what did he say? My heart needs a surgeon? And she's like, yeah, and I'm, I'm like, I've heard that song before, but I never listened to the words. But what stood out to me that morning, just, just last Friday morning, was my first thought when I woke up was, Lord, what is the word for Sunday? I've been struggling where to go. And, and over the course of my devotional time and my prayer time and just being with the Lord, I felt like the Lord began to bring back. Many of us are going to remember this song. Some of you won't. But it was a song that came out by Vineyard and made famous by the Promise Keepers. And the song went, change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. And that song had been going over and over in my spirit. And so I knew as in a combination of what God had been whispering to me and then hearing that song that God wanted to bring us a word today because there's a change going on. There are things that need to change. God is wanting to change some things, but it can't happen outside of your heart and my heart. There are some things that need to happen in our heart. And this is what I want to talk about because we all know the heart is a metaphor for the inner life. It is the seat and the source out of which flow our thinking, our feeling, our willing things. We were all created in the image of God. And our heart was fashioned after the Spirit of God, because God is Spirit, and we are truly Spirit. When this body dies and is laid in the grave, the real you will live on one way or the other. And our heart, our our, the Spirit of who we are, were fashioned in the image of God and after His likeness. But sin came in, and it messed up our heart. And it destroyed our lives. And it and it screwed up our feelings and our willfulness. And it, and it messed everything up in our lives. And so this is why our heart had to be made brand new. We had to get a new heart. We had to get a new spirit put on the inside of us. And how many you glad that when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Lord put within you a brand new heart. Hallelujah. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? <clears throat> but listen. In our humanity, even though God has transformed my nature, I can still have heart issues, so to speak, because I have inclinations, I have proclivities, I have tendencies in my humanness to let my heart get filled up with human things and Dysfunction and malfunction here and there in my life. This is why Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says that we are to guard our heart, to keep our heart above all things. For out of it flow the issues of life. Listen, if you got issues, trust me, it's coming from your heart. If you want to blame your issues on the president, if you want to blame your issues on your husband or your wife or your pastor or somebody down the street from you, you're going the wrong direction. If you got issues, it's flowing from here. Amen. Come on. Don't shout me down now. Amen. And so we need a new heart. And God is the one that gives us a new heart. Let me tell you, here's the rub. We can't change our heart. I can't change my own heart. In my own strength and in my own power. I need God to come in and change my heart. And I think right now that many of us in the kingdom of God and in this great change and this move of God that's afoot right now. That there needs to come some changes in our heart. And this brings us back to this passage and this is what I want to focus on today. I want to look at this word, this promise, this word of God out of Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27. Look at it again. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take out that old heart of stone out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And and I, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. How many want God to cause you to walk in his way? To cause you to do that, to so move upon you, so transform your heart, so change your heart that your whole life, your whole attitude, your whole disposition about life, the choices come under the causation of the Holy Spirit and just things start happening different. You can't do that in your own strength, I can't do it, but the promise of God is I'll do it. Hallelujah. Come on. The promise of God is I'll do this. I'll do this for you. And so I want to talk about this. So in this change of heart, the first thing that I want to focus on just as a first part of this message is I first of all, I want to talk about the conditions of a hard heart. I don't know if you've ever had a hard heart, but I've had a hard heart. And in fact, I find every once in a while, if I don't guard my heart, keep watch over my heart, my heart can go hard again. Amen. And I want to talk about this. Notice what he said. He said, I will take out that old stone of that old stony heart out of your flesh. And this shows us that we can become heart and heart in in our heart. Did you know the disciples that walked with Jesus? The Bible says that one day when Jesus fed the 5,000 and they were worked by the power of God, they they fed the 5,000 with Jesus. They turn around and go out into the sea. And they go through a storm and they get all worried and anxious and all stirred up in their heart. And when Jesus came and he calmed the storm, the Bible said they didn't believe because their hearts were hardened. Men who were walking with Jesus, people who loved the Lord, people who were being used by the power of God to do great things, ended up with a hard heart of misunderstanding. They didn't even know what God was doing. Their hearts got so hard. And it shows that shows the tendency within every one of us to just kind of creep into that hardness, even though we may love the Lord, walk with the Lord, serve the Lord, do great things with the Lord. We can subtly, but yet systematically, find ourselves becoming hardened in our heart. I heard, I read somewhere one day where a person said the problems. Uh, He said, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And we all can have those in our lives. You know, the number one killer in the United States of America is heart disease. I think the number one thing that is killing, stealing, and robbing us of our abundant life in Jesus Christ is the hardness of heart that can creep into our spirit. And so I want to talk about some of these issues, the stony heart. These are artery-blocking uh, issues that we all need to guard against, amen? So the first one is this. I want to talk about, the first of all, the stubborn and unrepentant heart. I bet nobody in the room has ever had this one. The stubborn and unrepentant heart. Psalms 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken spirit. Aren't you glad for that? Come on, aren't you glad for that, that the Lord, uh, it should be 18. I may have put eight, so let me just read it to you. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Isn't that good news? Stay with me. It's okay. I messed up on the scripture, but we still have the word of God. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. But listen, he saves the one who has a contrite spirit. See, We all need to understand we're broken. And in our brokenness, oftentimes that manifests, we think brokenness means sorrow. Brokenness means I feel sorry for myself. I feel like a loser. I just, I just can't get my act together. A lot of times our brokenness manifests in our pride and in our stubborn. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. God is near to every broken heart and every person on planet earth has a broken heart. And God is near to the brokenhearted. But listen, He saves. He transforms. He does something wonderful to the person who is contrite and humble and realizes I can't make it without God and reaches out to God and trusts in God and, and draws near to God. That person is the one who is completely tra- changed and transformed. But oftentimes we are stubborn in our heart and we're unchangeable sometimes. And we won't repent of it. We won't repent of the pride that gets in our heart. And it happens. The opposite, the opposite of humility and contrition is stubborn pride. And it can happen to the best of us. You remember in the book of John in chapter 5 when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said something that was very telling to them. He said, you search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life. And you don't realize that these scriptures are talking about me. But he said, but you refuse to turn to me that you will have life. You read the Bible. And you read it and you read it and you read it. But when it comes to the truth that can give you life, you don't receive it. Because you don't think you need to make an adjustment to that truth in your life. And what we end up doing is we figured out how we're going to live our life. We're going to live our life a certain way. And you know what's, you know what I've discovered about many of us who are in the kingdom of God? We're passive aggressive. We'll sit there and listen to the word of God and we'll nod our head and we'll listen to that sermon, but we'll, but we have no real intention in changing our life or being transformed by that very word. We're passive aggressive. We act like, oh yeah, I got it. I love it. But I'm not going to change. You know, we walk out and we have it in our spirit. We're not going to change. We're no better than the Pharisees who searched the scriptures and read all about Jesus but refused to believe him. The one that was standing there, the one that was the answer to all of their longing and all of their reading, they refused to submit. They were stubborn. Come on now. Are you with me out there? It got quiet all of a sudden. Maybe. That's a artery blocking issue. That if God is gonna do what God's gonna do, some of us, it comes right back to our here's what it said: the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves as such who have a contrite broken, repentive spirit. Amen. Here's another condition of hardness, a kind of hopeless and unbelieving heart. You know what hopelessness is? Hopelessness is a lack of expectation and a looking forward to the very thing that God promised, even though you don't see it, you know and you expect that it is going to work its way out. I thought it was going to come at this time. I thought it was going to look like this, but it didn't. But I, but it doesn't matter. Hope Hope knows that it's on the way, one way or the other. But a person who gets into a hopelessness, has lost that expectation. Who has lost sight of the promise. And all they can see are all of the problems. And all of the issues. And why isn't God doing this? And why hasn't this panned out? And all we can do is find fault. And find problems with everything. And that's a hopeless person. And here's, here's the danger of hopelessness. When we embrace hopelessness. When we embrace it. We get into a defeated mindset. And when we get into a defeated mindset, that leads to the hardness of unbelief. Where we doubt God, we get in hopelessness. If it is allowed to stay in our spirit, will tilt us full on into doubt. Let me prove this to you. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 says, Therefore, the Holy Spirit says today, everybody say today, Do you know today is your life? Did you know that? Today is your life. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow ain't here yet. Today is your life. This is all you got for now. Amen. He said, today, if you will hear his voice, look at it. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness. Let's just stop right there. Do not harden your heart. When you're going through a test in your life, Can I just tell everybody here, just let me be an encouragement to you right now. Everybody in the room is going to be tested. Come on, put a smile on your face. You're not alone. Everybody's faith is going to be tested. Everybody's endurance is going to be tested. Everybody's grace is going to be tested. The only way we fail the test is when we run away from it and get hard in our heart. Why did God let me go through that? Or sometimes we just say, why did God put me through that? Well, whatever he did, whether he did it or he let you do it, everybody, everybody's faith gets tested. But listen, you're going to go through tests and trials. But you're going to go through. I got to stay up here because, you know. We're on TV. (laughs) I can't rant and rave. Everybody is going to go through, and the key is you're going to go through. But he said, don't be like the children of Israel who got so hard in their heart that they were unchangeable. They were hopeless. They had no hope of the promised land. They had no hope that God was going to fulfill his promise. Because all they could see were problems and giants and situations that they had no control over. They didn't believe that God had control over it. That God would work it out in his time and in his way. And they lost all hope. And in in their hopelessness, they became disbelieving and hard in their hearts. And he went on to say in verses 12 and 13 of Hebrews 3, Beware, brethren. And look at He's not talking about sinners in the world. He's talking about you and me. Brethren, Christians. He said, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. Oh, look at that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Me, a Christian, can I have an evil heart? Well, it says it right there. Lest there be in any one of us an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God but exhort one another daily. Turn to somebody and tell them, I exhort you right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and tell them that. He said, exhort one another daily, why it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. People who embrace hopelessness, they they slip in to the sin of living life their way Instead of trusting God and waiting on God to work it out his way. You've deceived yourself thinking, I'll fix it. I'll do it myself. And you messed your your whole life up. And you may go to heaven, but you messed your whole life up. Amen. So this issue of a stubborn, unrepentant heart, a hopeless, unbelieving heart, these are Spiritual artery blocking issues that we need to guard against. Here's another one. The Holy Spirit brought this one to our mind today. A wounded and unforgiving heart. Can I just tell you that Jesus said, it's found in Luke chapter 17, it won't come on the screen, Jesus said these words. Now listen, this is the Lord. He said, you can't go through life and not be offended. You're going to get offended. You, you can't go through life. You can't go through ministry. You can't Listen, can I, can I even cl- give you another one? You can't be a part of a church and not be offended in it. Can I even go even personal? You probably can't sit under the sound of my voice and not get offended by me once in a while. And it's not like I wake up thinking, that's what I want to do. But trust me, I'm a man, I'm a human being. There's no, it's no way to go through life and not be offended. That's what, that's what Jesus, but here's the thing. At first, when we get wounded by the offense of another person, here's what, it, here's how it starts a lot of times. We feel hurt. I feel so crushed. And then it's, then, then there's this residual pain that creeps up every time you think about it. And sometimes we're, it's that, that pain makes us feel Sad. We're sad about what happened or other times we feel slimed and we feel icky and we feel just disgusted about the whole thing about what they did or what they didn't do. And, and, but here's, here's the thing, that woundedness, that hurt, that problem that's going on in your heart. If we don't deal with it, that will, it won't be long somewhere along the way. It will mutate into hardness and bitterness and anger And settle into unforgiveness. And it came out of a real wound. It was real. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32 he said, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you. Just put it away. Everybody say, Put it away. Don't leave it out. Treat it like when the neighbors are coming over, how you clean the house real quick. You just put it all away. You just shove it somewhere. Somebody said they're coming. Oh, no. Mad dash. Throwing things in places that doesn't belong. Just put it away. With all malice, by the way. You know what maliciousness is? It's an intent to get back. And he said, be kind to one another. Now, here it is. Tender-hearted. Tender-hearted. You know that word tender-hearted means that it comes. It comes from a word that the same word, in a way that we get the word compassion from, in the Greek language, and the word compassion. You ready for this? To move the bowels. <laughs> That's what it means. It, it it um it speaks of in the depth of your belly. Where you feel something, sometimes you might be looking at somebody in poverty, somebody in brokenness, somebody being beat up, or somebody being murdered or somebody being you know uh, you know somebody being looted or whatever and it it, it moves you, you feel moved it 's that tenderness and in the and in the place of all this. Forgiving and not fussing and not arguing and not clamoring and not being mean and retaliating and being malicious. Be tender. Keep a tender heart. Maybe we feel like, well, I got to thicken up my skin. I got to get a thicker skin. Well, let me tell you something. If you get a thicker skin, make sure your heart gets more tender. Because sometimes we blur the lines. And that's a danger point. We call it thick skin, but really it's a hard heart. And yeah, we need to let things roll off our back. But we got to keep a tender heart. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, a wounded and unforgiving heart is like a walled city. Or let's put it in modern day terminology. A wounded, unforgiving heart is like <clears throat> it's like a um, gated community. Nobody gets in unless they got the password. and we just don't give that out to anybody. We keep it all we keep everybody at arm's length just because we you know and the reason why we do that oftentimes is because we're carrying wounds that we haven't forgiven. Amen. Are we all good? Everybody all right out there? We're getting closer, but we're not there yet. To the end, I mean. Here's another one. Here's another thing, issue of the heart, a fearful and unstable heart. Conditions of a hard heart, stubborn and unrepentant, hopeless and unbelieving, wounded and unforgiving, fearful and unstable Anxiety, worry, fear can get into our heart. And what that does <clears throat> is that makes us unstable. The Bible calls it double-minded in all of our ways. James said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. A double-minded man or woman is a person who is being drawn in two opposite directions vacillating between god's going to show up god's not going to do it god's going to come through there's no hope god's not going to be here things are going to work out it's never going to work out and you can't help and if this is if this is where we are in our mind in our it's really it's a hard issue it's not a it's not a word of faith issue. Like if I just say it, if I just say it, it'll be. It's not that. It's really this really stems from a heart issue. That a heart it's it's a heart that has been gripped by fear. It can't make up its mind. It's unstable. It believes one second or hopes to believe one second, and another it just doubts all over the place. It just vomits doubt everywhere. And it's a mess. Fear makes us unstable because we're not trusting God. The only place of real stability is putting your trust in the Lord alone. I love Psalms 56.3. It's just a short little verse that says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. What do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when things don't look like they're going to pan out? You turn your heart to trust. Trust in the Lord. I love David. He said it in another place. He said, Lord, give me an undivided heart. That I'll fear your name. That I won't fear the circumstance. But make my heart undivided. Solely directed on trusting in you. Amen. Let's read that together. Whenever I am afraid. I will trust in you. Let's say it again. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. You know, fear creeps up in my life too. The temptation, wonderment. God, are you going to do this? What's going to happen? How's this going to pan out? These, These feelings of fear. But if I allow that to take up residence, and if I allow it to take hold in my spirit, it's going to sabotage my trust and my confidence and my reliance upon the Lord. And just going back to the conditions of the heart, whether it's a wounded heart or whether it's a, a, a stubborn heart or a fearful heart or a hopeless heart where we've, where we've just checked out, you know, we've just checked out. We just don't have any hope. We just don't, you know, whatever happens, happens. Case Sarah, Sarah, whatever is going to be is going to be. The future is not mine to see. Case Sarah, Sarah. That's not biblical. Yeah, I, it maybe didn't pan out the way I thought it would, but I've read the Bible, and I don't think Abraham thought things were going to pan out the way that they panned out. I don't think he thought when God said you're going to have a child that he was going to be 99 years old when the deed happened. I'm just, I'm just not thinking he thought that. I'm not thinking the day that David was anointed king of Israel at probably something like 15, 16, 17 years of age that it would be 15 years later that he would have... I've read the book doesn't go according to your plan and my plan. Amen. Amen. You trust the Lord. Amen. So those are some conditions of why we would need a heart change. Let's talk about the cure. Let's talk about this idea about softening our heart. This is the second part of it. The cure for softening the heart. Let's look at those words again in uh, Ezekiel. He said, I will give you a new heart. And he said, I will give you a heart of flesh. That means I'm going to give you a heart that's soft. Taking out that stone. And I'm going to put in you a heart that's soft. A heart that's pliable. A heart that's penetrable. A heart that I can work with. That I can mold and... Heart that I can shape and that I can cause to step into my plan and my purpose. Hallelujah. And this comes by way, he said in verse 27, and by way of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to put my spirit in you. And this is going to be his work on the inside of you. He's going to work in you. He's going to, he's going to begin to. Transform your will and your attitude. It's going to be a work, but you got to work with him. Come on. I don't have the scripture. It won't come up on the screen, but in Ezekiel 18.31, it's a companion passage to this one. It's found in Ezekiel 18.31, if you want to look at that later, where Ezekiel says, he said... uh, Cast away your transgression and get a new heart and get a new spirit. He said, cast off all those wounds and all that stubbornness and all that hopelessness and, you know, all that fearfulness. Cast all that stuff off and get a new heart and get a new spirit. And so I want to talk about how we can position ourselves to receive this softness of heart. Anybody in the room want something close to that in your heart? that it be said of you in that way. I have just three simple ideas as we are going to bring this to a conclusion here today. Number one, the first thing is we need to recognize our need for heart change. The very first thing that needs to happen, if you want a change of heart, if you want your heart to be softened, we have to recognize that I need that. Proverbs 27, verse 19 says, As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. What is your heart saying about you right now, this morning, as you're sitting here, as you're listening? Maybe there's got to be one, maybe small little thing of one of those points that we just talked about that registered with you. And if I missed it, come and tell me, and I'll add it to my second message today. For the second sermon. But I'll bet somewhere there was something. Where is. What is. what is what's How does your heart register. What's it revealing about you right now. We have to be honest about this. Because if there's something going on in us. We need to be aware of it. I told you earlier when I. Ten years ago when I had a heart attack. And about a week. Week and a half prior to that. I felt sensations in my chest. That I thought was heartburn. And I knew what it felt like, but I couldn't, and it came and it went, and it came and it went, just here and there occasionally. And I didn't know at the time what it was until I awakened one morning, and there it was. It was a heart attack, and I had no idea. But the doctor sat down with me later after he put two stents in my heart, because I had a 100% blockage in one artery, 75% in another one. And he said, tell me what it felt like. Tell me the sensations you were feeling. And I explained, he said... Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget what you felt because if this happens again, you know what's going on. And you see, the rub here for a lot of us is we feel the Spirit of God. We feel things going on. We feel when things are out of touch, out of balance, when things aren't registering, when things aren't right. But oftentimes, we suppress those feelings. We ignore those feelings. We don't recognize. We're just going to pretend like it's not a problem. We're going to pretend like it's not an issue. And we're just going to go on without it. I'm going to tell you something. That's a danger point. Amen. Number one you want a soft heart, recognize, number two, ask God to change your heart. I want to remind you, you can't change your heart. But you got to bring your heart to God every day. I mean, this, you know, in its own way, it maybe doesn't sound like it all the time like this, but every day it's a presentation of your heart. You can't change your heart, but you can present it. In fact, you you must present your heart. The Bible says, present your bodies as living sacrifices unto God, holy and acceptable. This is your spiritual act of worship. Psalms 95 says, hey, everybody, let's come and bow down and worship our God. We are the sheep of his pasture. We belong to him. He doesn't belong to me in the sense that I can tell him what I want him to do. I belong to him. And I come and I bow down my heart before him. And I let him do some work in me, and I, I present my heart unto God. Amen. And I ask the Lord to change me. Why? Because I can't change my heart. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? Are you over this? I hope not, because I'm not done yet. But I'm getting there. I'm getting close. Let me just, let me, let me give you some scriptures. These are just, let these scriptures just kind of wash over your spirit. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 2. Every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. Can I tell you? The Lord knows what your heart weighs. He knows, he knows what's in there. He knows if it's burden free or full of burdens. God, God knows what's going on in your heart. He weighs the heart. People say, "Don't, don't tell me what to do. You don't know my heart. Listen, I know. I'm a human being. I know your heart. <laughs> heart is, the Bible said, left to itself, it is above all things deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? But God weighs the heart. Amen. In Psalms 44, verse 21." God knows the secrets of the heart. Can I, can I just tell you right now? You don't even know your own heart like you think you know your own heart. You don't know just how messed up you really are. You don't even know sometimes why you do the things you do. But God knows. Come on out there. God knows. He knows the secrets. Psalms 26, verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and my heart. That word for examine literally could be translated, probe me. Probe me. Try me. Get in there, God. Get in there. Here's what David said in Psalms 51, verse 10. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David understood that this, the junk that manifests out of his life that he was trying to cover up and hide and just sweep under the rug, he knew where that came from. It was a heart problem. And he knew he couldn't take care of it himself. And he said, God, I need you. I need you to change my heart. And do a new work in me. Let me just conclude with this last idea. If you would come, Katie. We need to yield to the Spirit's work in our heart. The cure for the softening of the heart is, first of all, to recognize you need your heart changed. Ask God, God, would you change my heart? And in the process of that, the Spirit of God, remember what what Ezekiel said? The Lord said through Ezekiel, I'm going to put my spirit in you and he's going to cause you. And when the spirit works within our heart, there is nothing left for us to do but to yield. We have to yield. The spirit is so faithful in prompting us and prodding us, convicting us and convincing us. But I can't shut him off. I've got to to open that wide up. And if I continue in a dysfunctional cycle in my life, we have to really evaluate, am I truly yielding to the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit in my life? Daniel, what he said in, in the transition today was so powerful because many years ago, I had an encounter with that truth. I God was working in my heart. God was moving in me, but I didn't know it was God that was doing it. I thought it was there was just ugly things in me. I just thought that there was just I was a messed up person, and I shouldn't be a pastor of a church, and I shouldn't be you know I don't even know if I should be called a Christian with all this junk manifesting in my life. And I was just at a very low place. And one day I read that book of Malachi, that book, Malachi, the end of the Old Testament, where he said, talking about Jesus who had come, he said, he's going to be a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. And as I said and read that one day, the very thing that Daniel said here today was the very revelation that God gave me that day. 35, 30 years ago, when the Lord spoke to me and He says, what you're seeing has always been in you. Don't get discouraged when I bring things to the surface because I can't remove it if it doesn't come up. Man, that helped me. See, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. Search me and try me. Know my heart and see what's in there, Lord. See, you don't see it, but you'll see it. You'll see it. If you yield to the Holy Spirit, he will bring it out. Anybody here need a heart change in one way or another? Let's just stand right now. Let's just posture ourselves. The Bible says, come before The Lord your God, we are the sheep of his pasture. He knows every one of us by name. He cares personally and intimately for every one of us. Come on, let's just make it a prayer right now. God, give us a new heart. Lord, I need a, Lord, change my heart. I need a change of heart. I know you gave me a new nature and a new heart to love you and to serve you. But I need a change of heart, Lord, in this area, in my woundedness or in my stubbornness or in my hopelessness or in my anxiety and fear, Lord, whatever it is, just you name it. If there's something there, just you say it to the Lord. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it. Just Lord, I, I need this old hardness to be taken out of me. I don't want to go into my future the same way I came into today today if you will hear his voice do not harden your heart don't be rebellious don't rebel against the lord soften up right now so lord have your way my heart's in your hands that's what the scripture says the heart of the king is in the hands of the lord and we think we're the king of our own castle I'm going to tell you something. God, your heart is in God. Put your heart in his hands right now. Just surrender it to him. Lord, we surrender our heart to you right now. Rule over my heart. Have your way in our heart, God. Have your way in our heart right now, Lord. Change our heart. Change my heart. Hallelujah. Father, I pray a special blessing over all your children today. That today, God, today, while it is called today, that they would not harden their hearts, but their ears would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to them. And God, as we go out of this place, I pray that we will go in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would live in knowing that you always lead us in triumphant procession diffusing the aroma of victory everywhere we go. Lord, the world is full of fighting and hating and clamoring and discord. I pray, God, that when we walk in the room, grace walks in the room. Wisdom walks in the room. Love walks in the room. And we know it's not us, but it's you in us. The hope of glory. We love you, Jesus. We honor your holy name. And everybody says amen. And amen. Amen.